Hey, what's up, everyone? Brian here. All right, I'm in Sedona right now, and these damn side-by-sides keep ripping by my camp. I can't get the intro uh, completed without them screwing up the audio quality, so this is going to be the shortest intro we've ever done for a podcast episode. This is episode number 54. It's about the backcountry.com debacle. In short, what's going on is that backcountry.com has been suing the crap out of anybody that has the word backcountry in their bat in their in their business name. They've been doing this since 2016. It started on July July 27th, I believe, 2016, and they just called off the dogs after a huge outcry on social media, holding them accountable for their bullshit actions. So check out the the the, the podcast uh, description in the episode notes below. Craig did a great job writing this up and talking about uh, basically giving a synopsis of what's going on and then providing links to the different companies that they've sued, and then also uh, some links to like the Colorado Sun article and, and some different stuff there. So check that out. I'm going backpacking, and hope you all are having a great weekend. Thanks. Like I said, it's just the computer. That's fine. Yeah. Um. So, so you're in Sedona, and you're you're you're. What's your plan there? So um, I'm gonna do some laundry, and then I'm gonna do that today, and I'm gonna get one more backpacking meal because uh, I've got enough. I've got like breakfast, or I've got like lunch and dinner, but I don't have any breakfast backpacking meals. And there's some really good ones that I like that are these granola. Uh, uh, kind of a, it's like the base of its granola, but then it has almond milk in it. And then, but it's all, you know, dehydrated, of course, then like blueberries and then I think it has almonds and then like hemp seeds and stuff like mm. that. And it's really, it's, it's literally, I mean, I, I would eat that every morning for breakfast if it wasn't for my bacon burritos that I love so much, Yeah, but it's like, it's really good. And it's like, that's the brand. That's one of the brands that has all organic stuff in it. Like there's no artificial ingredients or anything and it's just a great way to start the day it's like good energy and so i want to pick those up and i when i got into town last night i was too late and i was like i went by the the outdoor uh, store and it was already closed it closed at eight and i got here about eight thirty. yeah and so yeah just gonna go do that and then head over i'll probably like i said do some laundry as well run a few errands and then uh I come back here and just rehydrate at camp all day and you know get everything charged get everything packed up in my backpack, I want to sort all my stuff and make sure it's good to go. Because I, I may stay out an, an extra day. If it's going good back there, I might not do an overnight. I may do two nights. And uh, the weather here is fantastic. It's only going to be down to 50 both nights. Nice. So, yeah. So and good. What's, what's the hike that you're going on? I was going to go on, and uh, it's called Loy Canyon. That's the one where I was checking out those ruins last spring that I came across about half a mile off trail back up in that gulch. And, and uh, this, is it, in, this is in Bears Ears. No, no, no. This is this is in Sedona. Okay. All right. Yeah, it's the, it's the Red Rock Wilderness area, about okay. 10 miles northeast, or I'm sorry, northwest of town. And it's cool because there's a bunch of other ruins around here too. And there's there's some pay sites that you can go to and you can see these massive ruins that are insane. And so these are like outliers of that. And there's no, there's no guard gates around it. There's hardly any trails going up to the different ruins that I found. There's one ruin I found and I can't figure out how to get up to it. But I saw it from the trail. I can't, and it's cliffs everywhere. So yeah. I don't know if you have to go way up on the on the bluff above and then drop down. And then uh, I found another. I found another cave that had ruins in it. 
and I could see them, but I couldn't get down to it. It's just, I think erosion over the time had washed away any sort of ledge that was there. Cause you could tell that there was kind of a ledge in one area, but all the rocks had kind of sloughed off. And so, um, it's just not safe to go down there and I don't want to fucking fall a hundred feet or 200 feet. I'd die immediately. Yeah, totally. And, you know, and then I have to think of Sierra safety too. Uh, but the good news is there's not going to be any rain or anything like that. So that, that red rock is real slick when it's rainy and I, you could get stuck up on those shelves, you know, two or 300 feet up off the Canyon floor if you don't watch it. So, uh, yeah. luckily there's no rain, but it's like 75 during the day and like 50 at night. And no nice. Rain. Yeah. Oh, and then, wow. and then, and then the meteor shower tonight, that's the, uh, which one is it? I don't think it starts with an L, but anyway, it's, it's a meteor shower to where it won't be visible again for another 70 years. Very, very cool. Yeah, I mm-hmm. saw your posts about that. That's um, yeah. that's going to be sick, especially in the desert sky. You're going to be like, you're there's zero, there's no other place better than where you're at, essentially. Yeah, and what's cool is, is that where I'm going hiking to, so it starts out and it's real desert and just all hard rock, and, or all red rock. And then as you climb up through it, you get into more of an alpine area, but it still has red rock, which is really cool. So it's like, have you ever been to... Capital, uh, Capital Reef National Park. I've driven through it. Okay, so you know how like that has the mixture of evergreen and kind of pinion pine, yeah, and at mixed in the ponderosa mixed in with all the red rock. Yep, that's what that's like up there. So it's really unique because that that I don't see that terrain very much. And there are some lookout points that I can get to that are unreal. I mean, to where I'll be on the edge of like a two thousand or a thousand foot cliff, and and I could be right there on the edge camping. And so I want to get some great you know, video and photography of that. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be taking up that outdoor vitals tent that, that one they sent me that weighs two pounds. And so I'm going to test uh, that out up there. Yeah. So in, in, is that, um, did, did you interview the guy that, yeah. Okay. So that is mm-hmm. that dude. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah Taysom, okay. Taysom Whitaker. He's, he's okay. really cool. Yeah. It's amazing, man. When he was in college, he started making gear for himself Cause he's like, well, I couldn't, I couldn't afford anything. He's like, I can't afford a $400 tent when I'm in college. Yeah. So he would order the materials online, the same materials that all these other companies use. And he started stitching it together himself and started making really good stuff. So this tent's a really neat design because there's, there's only one pole that's with it that holds the whole thing up. And even though it's a one person tent, Sierra and I can sit in there side by side, no problem. So it's got a little bit of a, like, like the bathtub um, bottom in it has, a, has, has more room than you would anticipate. And then the vestibule that comes out, it's flat on one side, but it comes out really far on the other side. So I can put all my gear underneath there and just hang my food in a tree and be fine. That's really cool. And actually, that's a mm-hmm. that's a pretty good segue into one of the things that we wanted to talk to today. You know, the backcountry.com, whatever you want to call it, the fiasco or, or situation. So just so the outdoor vitals guy, does he how does he market himself? Does he, is he like plugged in through Amazon? Is he just his own, he's just like his own Evo, eBay store and, and mm-hmm. does it that way? Yeah. He's his own guy and he doesn't have anything on other sites. I, I mean, I, I haven't seen him on REI. He's done on Backcountry, And I, I looked at that to see which okay. brands were yeah. because I, I sent emails to the brands that I work with and just said, Hey, I'm sure you're aware, but you know, I, I think you are an incredible company and, and I think it would do harm to have your products still be on these sites, you know, and some of them responded. We're like, yeah, we're trying to get them off and they won't, they won't get back to us. Well, let's, I mean, let's introduce this to the audience. I, I assume that most people probably are aware of it, but it's kind of an interesting story. I think from your angle, because you you were the one that brought it to my attention mm-hmm. 
via that, I think it was the Colorado Sun uh, yeah. publication. So, like, let's introduce the whole story. So you, how did you come across this article and what was your response to it? I mean, what um, was the article about and how, what was your response to it? Yeah, my buddy Steve Bilstad actually from Buena Vista, he's the one that sent it to me. He's like, hey, man, have they, have they harassed you yet? And I, I was like, nope, they haven't yet. But, you know, who, who knows? I'm going to try to fly under the radar with this and not, not say anything and not bring any attention to myself because I, I knew for sure that if a big company and, and, you know, those lawyers from California, I looked up the law firm and they're, they're known as like kind of the pit bulls of the trademark and copyright world. And they use really bad bully tactics and they have a lot of money and they, and they just basically just try to shut people down. And so, yeah, he sent that over and I emailed the guy from the Colorado Sun. I said, thank you for letting me know about, let me know about this. Here's my brand. And he was like, yeah, man, watch your back. Yeah, he, so, he I mean, introduce this for, for the audience though. Like yeah, what, yeah. what's the, yeah. what's the scenario and why are you in particular, like why, why do you feel threatened by it? Yeah, so so the 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 company is backcountry.com and it's it's not a it's not a company that makes their own gear. They're just a pass-through site for they're like an aggregate of all the outdoor brands. So it's a like a kind of a Amazon or a Walmart of outdoor uh, equipment. So you can get on there and buy stuff and you know, they had everything on there. And they started out as a small small space or a small company and then I believe they started in Park City, Utah, and then they were acquired by a firm in 2015 in California and uh, an investment firm that has this lawyer or law firm, I guess, as one of the arms of their organization. And essentially, as soon as they were purchased in 2015, by 2016, they started sending letters to all these different companies that had backcountry in their name. And so any company that, that had, like, like there's one called Backcountry Babes, and it's a, it's a women's outdoor education nonprofit that teaches women how to like get themselves out safely from avalanches and they sued them. I mean, what the fuck, you know? And, uh, they sued a bunch of other companies, backcountry nitro is another one. I met them at the outdoor retailer show, this gal named Jenny. She's from Boulder, Colorado, really great cold brew coffee. That's kind of like a superfood. They put a bunch of different vitamins in it and it's all organic stuff and it tastes phenomenal. It's like, I'm not a cold brew coffee guy, but I'd drink that every day if I had it. And uh, they sued her and made her completely rebrand. Um, there's so, so so now she's called um, Wild Barn Coffee, I think is what it is. Yeah, I think I, I, I yeah. saw some exchanges about that. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. And then and then they and then other companies too. So they, from what I understand, they sent a, they sent letters to 313 companies and sued 50 of them. And so their their standpoint, their um, the, the grounds that they are standing on is essentially that they own the word backcountry and they filed a series of trademarks. And there was one really interesting post that itemized all, like it, essentially it itemized the, the blanket um, that they are trying to cover and own with respect to the word backcountry. Mm-hmm. And so you owning the company and building the company, ColoradoBackcountry.com, at backcountryadventures.com, I, I mean, 
it's it's totally understandable that you started freaking out about it because you know yeah. here's your brand that you've been working hustling and scraping by to build and you could easily be threatened by these guys yeah and it's the classic david and goliath story where you just have goliath which is backcountry.com which is just seeking to crush anyone and everyone mm-hmm. that uses the word backcountry and they they've got the capital to be able to shut everything down And that i mean that backcountry babes and that that they that they crush them and then and then that that nitro country uh company and then the Mm -hmm. the marquette backcountry skis um they they were being uh crushed and it's um yeah that, that that one you know that one was still in in the process of whatever I don't know if they were at litigation or what, but that was, you know, Marquette was trying to fight that. And luckily that got dropped because of how much backlash has, you know, that country received once this came out. The Colorado Sun, they were the first ones to report on this. And keep in mind, this has been going on for over three years yeah. or almost three years. And it's like, you know, you look at that and you think, okay, number one, who, what outdoor person would say, I'm going to, I'm going to trademark that for mine. I, I'm going to trademark mountain. You know, I'm going to trademark, I'm going to trademark, trail i'm gonna trademark hiking fuck you you know that's such bullshit and the thing about the outdoor industry that i've always loved is the fact that there's a lot of small companies that make a big impact and you know there's not a lot of corporate stuff that has taken place like this and i I know some people have brought up situations like with rei and patagonia and i looked into a couple of those scenarios and what it was is those companies were taking the logos of like REI and Patagonia and repurposing it for themselves. And it looked almost exactly the same. So I totally understand that. I mean, I had that happen to me. You know, we know about that scenario that happened, yeah. Yeah. you know, where somebody snaked my logo and it's just like, you know, so, so that I understand, but, but the stuff that backcountry.com is doing is, is just flat out wrong. Uh, I don't understand the mindset of thinking like, oh, this is going to be well received in the outdoor community because we own this because we're, you know, we got a bunch of money and we just bought this company and we don't want anybody else to use the term. And it's like, have you all ever been in the backcountry? Have you put on a backpack? You know, I mean, you sit there, you sit there in your little glass, glass office in California and you you probably haven't been off pavement in in over a decade. But yet you're going to sit here and you're going to try to, you're going to try to fuck with people that actually live this way as opposed to just bought into it. You know, and like the guy, Jonathan Nielsen, who, uh, I think that's his name, Jonathan. I know the last name's Nielsen. Uh, he's the guy that was the CEO. And uh, essentially when the previous CEO, a, a woman, she, I can't remember her name, but she left in 2015 when they were bought. So I think she probably got a nice, nice, seven. and at the time they weren't doing anything wrong. They were just like, Hey, we built a great company. But then this other investment firm comes in and typical California bullshit because I've been through that crap in California. I went through a 10-month right. litigation thing where it fucking almost cost me my sanity if somebody else had more money. I won, but it was just like, what's the point? You know, it's a fraudulent lawsuit. It's baseless. And right. same with same with this stuff. And it's like, I almost, I almost like, I kind of fantasized about backcountry suing me so I could just go there and beat the shit out of somebody because that's what I would have done. I would have just driven there and just bear spraying baseball bats to a great way to, to change people's mindset, <laughs> you know? And And it's just like, like, like that's the sort of stuff that makes me just cringe. And I think, I think that's what we were seeing the huge backlash from the outdoor community, just railing these people. And then of course they come back and, Oh, we fired a law, our our law firm and, and we're making changes. It's like, well, lawyers don't do anything unless you tell them to, they're not going to go out and just be like, 
you know, just freewheeling it. They, they take instruction from their clients. So like, you just look at, I'm looking at what they're doing. I'm like, did you guys fuck up anymore? You know, like you, you, you have money, you have a great opportunity to go back to these brands and say, Hey, we really screwed up. Here's your brand back. We're sorry. Here's all the money. Right. And then here's, and then here's some extra stuff for your pain and suffering. We were dickheads. And, and now, now we see the light. We're sorry. And we hope that maybe you guys can forgive us. Instead, it's like this PR damage control bullshit. That's typical of large companies. And this is why, this is why when I listen to people like Bernie Sanders and stuff like that, it makes sense. Cause he talks yeah. about how the corporations take advantage of people. That makes sense to me, Yeah, you know? And it's like, it's just crazy. Well, I, I, um, yeah, I, I absolutely agree with everything you said. I, so I, I thought to, to help with this conversation, to, to kind of dig into it a little bit more. Um, there, there's that Facebook group, um, you know, boycottbackcountry.com. And there were a few resources and, and trends that I saw. So one of the, one of the articles that caught my attention was developed by this guy, Kyle Frost, and he's part of the Outbound Collective. And so, you know, kind of asterisks on this guy, um, not necessarily on this guy, but the Outdoor Collective has been identified as... Um, you mean the Outbound I, Collective? Yeah, Outbound, yeah. outbound Collective. Yeah. Yeah. So there's... Um, some people have identified that them as a in in somewhat of a partnership with um backcountry.com and the outbound collective has numerous influencers that use that as a portal for their communication and their networking yeah. and so there was concern that okay this guy Kyle who wrote this article he's um on the take and it, it, if you read the article, and I'll put the article in the notes, um, he does, um, after getting kickback, blowback, he does say, you know, he he, he caveats, he, he put a little disclaimer in there. He did identify that he doesn't get any money. He's not getting paid by uh, Backcountry, but at least he took the effort to, um, you know, put put some kind of disclaimer on it. So I anyway, did. I, I thought he was being a little defensive of them, though. Well, I don't, I mean, I, I actually, I think he did, I think he actually did a good job putting as an objective view on backcountry.com's case as one could. So, you know, most people in the outdoor community hated what backcountry.com did. And I think that there's just cause to be really angry about it. But, you know, with all of that high emotion, there's often a loss of objective analytical thinking. And I I give I give Kyle credit for lining out. Well, what what is backcountry.com's case? And so I'll I'll just kind of breeze through it. I have the article. And so what I'm going to do is I'm going to identify his major points and then after i identify each of his points let's let's you and i have a discussion about his points so um he first identifies that it's not abnormal for a large company to enforce a trademark um mm-hmm. so he brings up the patagonia case those, brings, but, but those are different but, 
No, I know. Let, let, let me just like run through his, okay. his stuff and then we can go back and, and pick it apart as we want, but just to, to kind of like lay it out there and, and, and go from there. So, so Patagonia um, has done it. So like, for example, Patagonia beer, Patagonia artisan bread, REI did it, REI versus REI roofing. Um, yeah, Yeti that was Coop, weird. Yeah, Yeti, cool, Yeti Coolers did it. So they, they went after Cool Yeti Coffee and Yeti's Grind. Um, and so that's like one category of, uh, you know, one, one argument one can make on backcountry.com's case. Another argument um, is that backcountry is a bully. So again, I think you can, like backcountry.com is not an outlier on that. Like there are tons of companies, big companies that do this. So mm-hmm. backcountry.com is not acting out of the ordinary. Yeah. Um, and then backcountry.com, the, another argument people make against backcountry.com is that backcountry.com shouldn't be able to trade backcountry. Mm-hmm. So this, this, I believe, is actually the weakest case, but Kyle lays out that backcountry, the word backcountry is not that, it, it doesn't have that much history to it. And he says that it, it started to be used back in the 1980s. And if you, you know, look at the history of backcountry.com, they came up in the 90s. Mm-hmm. And so... If, if you compare, okay, the word started to be put into use in the 80s, and then they came along in the 90s, they, they do have claim over that word. Again, I don't, I don't believe that, but that's the argument, that yeah. it hasn't been around that, that long. Mm-hmm. Um, and so those are the major points Kyle makes in this article, is that Backcountry.com is not acting that abnormally because you've got Patagonia doing the same kind of thing. You've got REI. You've got Yeti doing the same kind of thing. Backcountry as a word is not that. Um, if you compare backcountry to mountain, mountain's been around forever. Backcountry mm-hmm. as a, a word in use has only been around since the 80s. Um, and then you know, just trademarking a word is not that abnormal. Mm-hmm. So I, I give Kyle a lot of credit for at least dispassionately putting out the case, backcountry.com's case. Yeah. Now now we can tear it apart, but I at least give the guy credit for being like, well, well hey, like let's at least take a look at what what ground backcountry.com um has. Personally yeah. I think that the weakest argument backcountry.com has is the, the, um, I, I think that the word backcountry was in widespread use in the community oh, yeah. for a, a long enough period of time where they shouldn't have been able to, 40 years later, try to go back and say, we own it. I, yeah. I think that that's the weakest case. Well, that's a, that's akin to us saying we're gonna we're gonna uh, copyright the word overland, right? Bullshit. And I mean, well, and I mean, I I don't know the answer to this question, but there there's the overland expo, 
that's a um, you know a pretty big organization and what have you. I don't have they patented the word, trademarked the word. I I don't know. Do you know? I don't know. I don't know. They they may have they may have uh, uh, protected the name Overland Expo, which I'm sure they have. Right. But but I don't think they're suing anybody. And it's just I mean what it is it's career suicide. To even I mean I I understand that the guy from. Uh, Outbound Collective, you know, he's probably worked with backcountry.com and mm-hmm. may have some built-in relationships or he may have some friends that work there, you know, and it's not the, it's not the employee's fault that upper management decided to go this route. And I think the employees right. getting hammered for it is not, not the right way. Cause I, you know, you see it on the gang mentality on those people. Well, I, I got on backcountry and started hammering them. I'm like, well, that person isn't the one who made the decision. So that's right. probably not the right move. And you're just making somebody have a, a worse day. They're already probably having a bad, bad enough day as is due to upper management's bullshit move. But it's like, I, I look at that. Anybody defending it at all is just career suicide right now. Because what, what I would do if I was in that spot, I would just, I would let it settle down a little bit, let a month or two pass, and then express my opinion. Don't do it when it's so ripe. Because, I mean, look at the, out, out, look at the backlash, and some of it is completely unwarranted, but look at the back, backlash against outbound collective because of it like people ripped them apart and i just thought i thought you know what's the motivation they're like what do you gain by going to bat for a company that is clearly fucked up you know um why why throw your why throw your hat in that game and have it to where uh you could possibly be looked at in the same light it doesn't make any sense and from a marketing standpoint that's the worst fucking thing you can do to your brand is attach yourself. It's like it'd be like if I attach myself to an oil company when they're going south just because I know somebody that works there. It's like that's fucking stupid, you know. Oh, it just doesn't. I don't get that. Yeah, I, I mean, personally, I, I agree with you that that would never be. And then you can you can like look at the um, so the Me Too movement. Mm-hmm. So when when that started to take off, Matt Damon. I don't know if you remember this, but Matt Damon was one of the guys early in the movement and said, Hey, like, you know, this, this has the possibility to get totally out of control and Mm -hmm. like men can be overly demonized. And he came out early in the discussion and he got blasted. Oh, I remember that. Yeah. He got crucified. Yeah. He got crucified. So I, I think you're right that from a marketing standpoint, it's, it's foolish to come out early when mm-hmm. passions are high and try to present the counterpoint. But all that said is I, I think Mac Damon still had a point to be made, you know, yeah. in, in whether it came out early or later, um, you know, you can, you can talk about whether that's foolish or not, but that doesn't discount the value of what he had to say. And I feel the same way about what, what Kyle wrote. And whether or not he's got um, skin in the game, you know, with, with backcountry.com. Mm-hmm. Um, I still think he did a good job in, in laying out there. My, my overall sense is that, that backcountry's their, their sin was wrongly understand. They, they didn't understand their market. Mm-hmm. They didn't understand the attachment to the word backcountry. And I made a comment on the Facebook post that it's, there's such an emotional attachment that, that we in the outdoor community have to the word backcountry. It's, it's almost a spiritual word. Yeah. And it is, it's like a religion. 
and that's that's their sin that yep. they didn't understand their market and and so that's 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 how I really boil down the wrong and yep. that doesn't mean that they didn't so so them being the big company and going after small companies that's a terrible thing them being an online pass through company and going after storefronts that's a terrible thing them trademarking that's a terrible thing but that's a common thing in all of business and i i think it's important to separate that those things from the true nature of the sin which is trying to own the specific word backcountry as we move forward to try to like so what do we do now right we have all this we have all of this um you know, people are pissed off. And, yeah. and so what do we do about it? And, 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 in, in that, and my, yeah. in, just let me finish this one point. Okay. Yeah. So in, in my view, it's, it's really important to narrow this down to a singular, we need to be singular. We need to channel this energy to do one thing. And right now it feels very dispersed mm. where people are, are are upset about the big versus small. They're upset about the pass-through organizations versus the storefront. They're, they're upset about trademarking. Mm-hmm. And my sense is that we're becoming too dispersed in our anger and we're not being singular in our focus. So anyway, that's the well, point I wanted to make. Well, and I think a lot of that's caused from backcountry not being clear about what their intent is. Initially, they're just like, fuck you, we own backcountry, everybody else can go eat a dick. Right. which I think is wrong. I mean, that's that's the worst approach to take towards anything like that. If they wanted to send a letter and say, hey, if you want to collaborate about stuff, just to let you know, you know, we'd like to work with all all the, everybody in the outdoor industry, but we trademarked this, so here's what here's why we did that, and here's how that applies to your brand moving forward. You know, there's a, bu- there's a bunch of different ways to handle that, but like the stuff where the lawyers were like, if you don't, if you don't do this, then we're going to respond with everything we have and you can't go up against us. I mean, like the shit like that, it's like, what, what are you trying to, what are you trying to prove? Oh, and, yeah. and, and, then, and then, and then it was such a major fumble, major fumble on that country for the response. Oh, we dropped our one litigation. Well, what about the other 50 companies you fucked over? Yeah. And no. that one guy, that one guy spent $90,000 defending his brand and he lost in one year. Right. That's money out of his pocket. Those lawyers are probably sitting up there laughing. Like, ha, ha, ha. I mean, I know how those, I know how the dickhead lawyers in California work. There's some good ones, but there's also some dirt bags like there is everywhere else. And, you know, I, I dealt with it too, with these fucking asshole lawyers that just think that they're owed everything on the planet. And, and I cannot, I cannot stand that. I cannot stand anybody who in their mind thinks like, I'm going to needle this person because I have more cash than they are. And I'm going to shut them down just because I can. Fuck you. I mean, that is so, that is so low. And the problem is, is the outdoor industry has not had that up to this point. There's been a few instances. REI, of course, is a national, a huge international brand. Patagonia, same thing. So you don't know who is entering the fold on the management structure on that, that has these crock of shit ideas. Pardon my language, but I get pissed about this because I've been through it before. And it's just like, you know, if you, if you want to kill your brand, go do that. You know, go, go trademark mountain and see how far you get. See how many people back you on that. Backcountry.com is, I mean, the death spiral has already begun. They're not, they, so they, let's, I, did you, did you see they're giving away product? They're like 70% off on yeah, all product. Yeah. It's yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah dude, yeah, yeah. we know what you're doing. No, sorry. It's not going to happen. 
You so know? what's um like so from you know from your marketing and sales and branding background, mm-hmm. what do you think the corrective course is like? How think, like so if you were if you were part of the organization, if you were on the executive circle, what's the solution? What is their solution? I think that they have a definite claim if they if they made their own product and invented something and had it their own. If they, they said, "Hey, we came up with this new design for skis. They're called Backcountry Whatever." And if anybody else copied it, they could sue the fuck out of them. And I totally support that because I think that's legit. You can't come in as a fucking pass-through website to where all you do is aggregate other brands' products and put it on there and say, hey, now we're going to go after anybody that has backcountry name that makes products or that does nonprofit education for, for uh, avalanche training for women in the backcountry or any of that other bullshit. That is so fucking low. That is, oh, yeah. just, that is, beyond, that is beyond any comprehension of anybody who has an one iota of ethics and the thing about it is is like when you talk about marketing you got to think about the whole thing it's not just like hey we own this and fuck you you got to think about the public perception behind that and how your how your market's gonna gonna receive it and they're getting what they deserve i mean that, so that, if, if they're you're so if, low yeah but if you're if 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 jason nielsen or whatever that dude's name is um jonathan nielsen if he called you up and be like, Brian, like I messed up, I messed up, I messed up. Like, I don't know what to do. Mm-hmm. Like, like wh- how do I get out of this? How do yeah. I figure this out? What, what's, a, what's your answer? There's a real simple make good. They got a lot of money. They cause a lot of people, a lot of fucking harm. You take how much they spent on legal fees. You double it as restitution to those companies and say, we're sorry. Here's your brand back. You have full liability. You have full reign to do whatever the fuck you want here. It's in writing. And, we would love to to do anything to help promote your brand, and we'll do it on our dime. If they did that and put out an issue of apology and said, "You know what? We're gonna we're, we're gonna back off this. We're gonna take our site and any profits that are made from that at the moment for the next year is gonna go towards helping to build these other brands up that we destroyed because we're assholes and because we think we own everything and you don't." If we if they did that, that would be a, a very 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 good step in the right direction. But there's there's still there's still there still will be customers that will never go to their site again. Like right. like the damage has been done. I have never seen a fuck up in the corporate world this bad. I mean, how oil companies do a better job than this, and they ruin the environment. Yeah, no, you know, I mean, I I, I I don't understand anybody. Damn it, hey, uh, I don't understand anybody that would think that. Hang on one second. My battery just went from uh, 37% to 6%. So let me grab my outside battery real quick and plug this in. This this computer's driving me nuts. Hang on one second. You know, I I just think that there's, I don't think there's anything they can do to restore their name 100%. There's nothing that can be done on that regard. That's past the point of no return. I think what they're looking at is trying to play the long game. And that's another mistake they're going to make because. What they'll do is they'll end up just getting a, a fraction of their customer base to be loyal again. And they'll probably do it through deals and continue to do deals and see if they can regain some of their market share. But if they think they're ever going to get back to where they were, they're not going to. And, and that's, I mean, and, and I, I, I mean, I, I, if I'm, I'm not playing devil's advocate, but, you know, so Nielsen in his uh, fake apology yeah no it's and it's true yeah it's fake apology and in the in the follow-up actions mm-hmm. so my understanding is that they explicitly are dropping the marquette backcountry skis lawsuit and they're teaming up with that owner to try to learn from everything and yada yada, mm-hmm. yada. so there's 
there's an element in that set of actions that lines up with what you're saying. Yeah, I, but, I, yeah no, no, no. Like yeah. you, you clearly said that they need to go back to everybody and double. And like, so it's, I'm just saying that there's a hint of what you're suggesting in what they're doing, but mm-hmm. it's so far below the, the bar of, of what you're advocating. And when you and I were talking yeah. the other day, um, this is another thing. I, I think everything that you said is true as to what they need to do. And also the damage is also done. They're going to, they, they are not going to get back a chunk of customers no matter what they do. Right. And um, I also think that, that those actions as far as like doubling what they, the cost that they incurred on others is the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. I, I also think that they have a, they, they do have an opportunity to become a good member of the community by providing resources in general for the startup companies, as far as like providing legal guidance and um, how do how do small companies protect themselves from Goliaths? How do small companies take advantage of an Amazon.com or Backcountry.com and also not get the short of the stick or shorten the stick? Mm-hmm. So, in other words if they could become a mentor organization to small companies and throw a ton of resources into that, then I think that they're starting to redeem themselves and take ownership of their, their sin against the, um, against the community. The problem I see with that is that no one trusts them anymore. Yeah. And so what do you do though? You know, well, no, but what I'm, what, what I mean by that is, if I had a small business and they came to me and said, Hey, you know, we realize errors are a way we like to work with you. I'd say, well, I don't trust you. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to put the fate of my company when I'm just starting out and it's fragile in the hands of somebody who's for the last three years gone through this methodical thought out process to destroy these other companies and make them spend a ton of money because they're small companies. And then all of a sudden you got caught and now you're sorry. It's like, come on. You know, so it sounds like you're, it sounds like you're, you're, you're in the camp then of like they're, they they lost you. They will never yeah, get you back. Never. You're never. you're in that category. Yeah, I'll and never I get them back. I'm um I guess I'm open to being won back. I mean they're they're not winning me back by what they're doing right now. Yeah. But yeah, um, I'm trying to think about like I'm trying to think about a um was it was it George Wallace who was it wasn't there some southern governor that was like a total advocate of white supremacy. And then he like turned around and then became one of the biggest advocates for civil rights. I, I, I don't know. I, I hear something. I, I don't, I don't know that history very well. Okay. So I, don't, I, I, I don't know. I guess I just like, I think that there's, I, I think that there, you know, history has examples of people that were, totally on the wrong side of history. Mm-hmm. And then they ended up becoming, you know, true ambassadors for the other side of the argument. And I mm-hmm. guess I'm, I don't know, maybe, maybe I'm naive. Maybe I'm trying to work on my less cynical side, mm-hmm. but I, you know, I, I want to, I want to believe 
<laughs> yeah. He's, well, he's really, but, really you know, and, and in those instances, was it the person that had to change your heart or, or were they publicly, publicly held accountable? Yeah, no. And I, I yeah. Because that's, that, that's my, that's my hang up with that Jonathan guy. Oh, we're sorry now. You know, we're going to make amends on stuff. It's like, you got paid off dog. You know, you've been there yeah. since two, 1995. You got bought out. I'm sure you have plenty of money. That's fine. Just fuck off and go away. Like the best thing that can happen for that company is to change out that entire staff. That's what I, if I was on the board of directors, I'd be like, all you fuckers are gone today. We're bringing an entirely new staff. We're going to be on apology tour now for the next two years. We're going to make all this shit right. And we're going to basically have to undo what you fuckers did. Because from a business standpoint, like I was saying, that's, that is suicide to sit there and pull that shit. And then, and then give that, that, like you said, the fake, the fake apology. That's a perfect way to put it because it's so easy to see through that. Like anybody who has, who wasn't born yesterday could see through that. Yeah. And it's like, like, it's like, okay, you had an opportunity to redeem yourself and you fumbled it once again. And there's no trust whatsoever. And if they went in and said, hey, we're going to give you the money, you guys do whatever the fuck you want with it. There's no strings attached. Here's, your, here's, your, here's, our, here's our restitution. Uh, we're we're, we're going to reinstate your brand and we're walking away and we're sorry. That's, that would be a step in the right direction. But them saying like, hey, we want to work with people. If they call me up, I'd be like, dude, don't lose my number. Don't ever call me again. I'll never, because like to me, trust and ethics is everything. I don't yeah. care how much, I don't care how much money you have. I don't care what, what your brand is. I don't care how much, uh, I don't care how much I, I can, I could, I could gain from it financially. I will never, ever, ever in my life fucking align myself with people like that. I've done it. I did it once in the past and I got burned more than I ever will in my entire life. I will never do that again, ever. The only people that I tr- align myself with are the people I trust. That's it. And like backcountry.com, unfortunately, just doesn't have the trust of anyone anymore. And so, yeah, they've got resources. And if they want to try to buy their way back in, I think that that's, um, I think that I've, I don't think they're going to succeed. I mean, I yeah. just don't, you know, I just, I don't, I don't see how after the fuck up and then after the fake apology and then after them sitting there and I mean that, that fucking dick gets on there and, Oh, well, we, we dropped our one lawsuit. Well, why don't you talk about the other ones? Other, the companies that you destroyed and shut down. Right. Like those people are crushed. I've been through that. It fucking sucks. You know, yeah. I was depressed for three years after that shit went down. I was broke. Like, yeah. that's not cool. Like you fuck with someone's livelihood and, Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, no, everything's better. No, fuck you. It's not that Jonathan guy can go eat a dick. Like I, I cannot stand people like that. And the fact that that is infiltrating, you know, that corporate mindset is infiltrating the outdoor world. I, I pray to God that all these small companies just band together and, and, and just ostracize and blackball those people. Cause like if that dude showed up at the OR show tomorrow, I bet you he'd get his ass kicked by somebody. I bet you somebody would roll up and be like, fuck you and slap the shit out of him. Cause like you said, the outdoors is a religion to people. And the backcountry is a religion of people. But you can't sit there and pull that shit and think that you're going to get okay just because, like, you know, you're big dog on the block and you sold out your company. It's like, just go away. You, you have no place here, you know? And I saw it happen in the, in, in the home builder industry. When I started working in that, when I, was, when I was right out of college, it was all these locally owned companies. They treated people like gold. They treated their vendors great. They paid you on time. You say, hey, these are my terms. No problem. They get you a check. Now it's all now 90% of all the home builders across the country or 90% of the home builders in the, in the major markets are owned by nationals. The nationals tell you to fuck off to your face. They never pay you on time. You're just a number to them. And then they threaten you when you don't, when you don't provide services for you on your dime when they're late on bills. I had a client that was six payments late on their prepayment and they were like, Hey, we'll get you your prepayment. 
um, next weekend, but you're going to have to do it this weekend or we're going to cancel with you. And I, and I, I drove to that company. I sat in their office for four hours. The CEO came out, this gal from, they had just went public and I laid into her for like 10 fucking minutes. And I had, my friend was in the back. I won't say his name cause he still works as a company. My friend was in the back as the vice president of sales. He called me on a selector where he goes, he goes, dude, I have never heard somebody undress someone like that. So professionally in, in my life, he goes, you told her everything that she needs to know. He goes, he goes, she sits there in the back as that CFO and tells him not to, not to pay shit. And your bills are on that. You know, and here I am, I'm owed $42,000 from this company. And they're telling me to go pound sand. And if, and if I don't staff their jobs this weekend again, then they're going to fire me as a client. Fuck that shit. That, there's no place for that in the world. And that's the reason why people are pissed at corporate America. You know, it's like you can't take advantage of the young guy or the small guys like that and expect everything to be cool because we're going to talk about it. It's our livelihood. Okay. You, st- you hide behind stock, stock, stock prices and, the, and, the, and, the, and Wall Street with all the cash that you've, uh, you've accumulated. And now you're going to use it to bully people. Fuck off. Like, that is bullshit. I, I don't. And then so then so with backcountry, I just look at them as like another corporate bully. You know, they'll, I, I, if they called me tomorrow and said, we're going to plaster you all over our stuff, you'll get tenfold increase on your network and all that stuff. I would tell them to fuck off in no uncertain terms. And if they ever call me again, I come and slap the shit out of them you know, face to face. They are trash. They're the lowest of the low. They're the reason why they're the reason why this country has gone and gone in the toilet when it comes to the workplace environment. And I feel sorry for their employees that have nothing to do with this. And then also too, their, their sponsored uh, athletes they have, they're locked into your contracts and sponsorships don't come around every year. You can't just call up another company halfway through the year with that, that, that's already got their marketing budget set and go, hey, that country screwed up and I'd like to work with you all, but I don't have any money. So can you pay me right now? It doesn't work like that. You have to get in in September of every year to get on their calendar by January. You have to. And if you don't, if you miss that window, you have to wait till next year. You know, so like they fucked so many people over in this process, not only themselves, but all of the people that were loyal to that brand. And I mean, once you do that, you can't go back. You know, you can't, th- that people won't forget it. I mean, but they're, they're kind of the norm, right? I mean, they, in, in the corporate world. Yeah. Yeah. Which, which and, sucks. And that's, um, I guess that's where, you know, I, I see this as such a, um, a potent issue to talk about because it, it does bleed into i mean we, we we can extrapolate this up to the merits of the capitalist system right mm-hmm. we can just we can extrapolate this yeah and you know you brought up your um you know your your, your thoughts about supporting someone like bernie because mm-hmm. of stuff like this and and, and dude i would have like never and, and just to be clear like i would have never given that guy a second thought unless i listened to the rogan podcast Oh, and I, yeah. was like, uh, I was like, I was like, oh, yeah. I'm like, oh, it's not a soundbite anymore. He's actually making sense. Like he's talking. He's like, hey, corporate America keeps fucking these people over. We got to do something about it, you know. And in the in under under you know the last administration when the financial meltdown happened, like he was talking about how all those homes would get aggregated together and they sold them to billionaires, thousand dollar right. pack, thousand thousand um, piece properties, like one thousand homes per bundle, and they sold right. them to billionaires. Thirty thousand people lost their homes like that. Yeah, that's fucking crazy. Well, and it's it's more than that, but yeah, no, yeah, it's, yeah, that, that, that's what we know of. Yeah, and all those right. people that committed suicide and all that stuff because of the because of the recession and and now I mean, what five thousand people lost their lives from it, it was like more than the Afghan war, you know, and no one was held accountable. It's like that shit keeps happening, and we're we're seeing it happen more and more. And I think because of the the ready the information being so readily available online, and it's like that's why people are saying fuck this system, it's not working right. Because once greed gets introduced to it, that's when things go south. You know, so, the system in theory is good, I think. 
So what um, are you, so the, the thought that just came to my mind was, you know, could there be a, a third, like an, an outbound collective that certifies and rates the ethics of companies yeah and there's there actually there actually are some i don't know if they do it on a whole but there are different rating companies that i've come across of as of late because i started looking up online that rate outdoor companies according to their carbon emissions to, yeah. to, to you know oh, yeah. it, it, is it in line with what they're what they say that their their corporate mission is you know stuff like that like okay what they say is this are they doing it right and there's some companies like biolite that are like way ahead of the curve that are doing more than they ever should, which is great. You just see that happening. And, you know, they feel like that's their responsibility. And then you have other companies like, I don't want to trash anybody in particular, but Columbia packages all their stuff in single-use plastic. It's like, come on, you know, you're supposed to be an outdoor brand and this is the major contributor to our waterways and ocean being polluted. So, you know, it's like stuff like that. And I think that there's a huge need for that going forward uh, the only thing is I would wonder is if these large companies that have a lot of resources would sue those companies that were that are rating them. You know, if there was some way to protect those individuals so they could be totally honest about it and not be and not be uh, targeting any companies, but just be, hey, here's what we found. Here's the information. Digest it however you want. You know, right. don't, don't tell people what to do with that. That would be a huge, huge thing to uh, to do because, like, I think the one positive, and it's a huge positive that's coming out of this, is all these local shops are going to get a hell of a lot more business in the holiday season's right around the corner. I'm yeah. going to be shopping local. I'm not going to REI. I'm not going to go to the big stores. I'm going to go to the small stores. I'll probably stop through Crested Butte on my way back uh, to Kansas and go by the Alpineer and buy the boots that I need to buy, you know, because I want to support a local company. And they do a great job there. I've, I asked them, I'm like, how is it that you guys are able to get these prices on par with other national retailers? They're like, we price match. I was like, mm-hmm. That's cool. They're like, we go on those sites, we see what they're charging, and we do the same here. We don't want to screw the locals. And I'm like, right. you know, out of every single outdoor outdoor gear company or, or uh, gear store that I've been to in the mountains, none of them have taken that approach. I have so much respect for the Alpineer for that. Uh, well, and and they, they have my business, you know? Yeah. And I, I, I mean, not to like, you know, say that you and I are the saviors of the world, but we could be the saviors of the world. Yeah. No, like I, I, I do think that that would be a valuable thing that you and I could do. And, you know, so we're, we're working on, on launching the website for, um, for this podcast and, mm-hmm. you know, talking about, um, uh, gear reviews and what have you. And I, I think that it, that that's something that you and I should continue to work on where, whereby we call out companies that we think are doing the right thing. And that's a great um, idea. Yeah. Cause yeah, I like it. I'd like it to be positive. Like here are the companies right. that are doing the right things and you'll notice who's not on there. Right. You know? Yeah. And so it could just be a positive. Yeah. Like, are you like, are you lubing up? Are you getting ready nah. for, uh, for a little? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I got, I got, I got getting this, excited, Brian. <laughs> <laughs> no, I got this. I got this peppermint lotion that's kind of. It's like an icy hop without all the grease, uh-huh. and and my you know with me not sleeping well with that with the wonderful mountain house ingredients last night that I ate. Um, I've been up since about midnight, so uh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I, I just put it on my neck, so. Um, but I, no, I but think I, that's, I think, I think that's, that's needed. Yeah. Yeah, and I. I I do, you know, there's, um, I came across this concept of, um, 
what is it called? Like reverse advertising mm-hmm. where like I heard this on another podcast where they, they essentially gave an advertisement for a company that they liked and that they would be willing to advertise for. Yeah. You know, so they, they, and I, I think that the, the company that they, they advertised for was like Doc Bronner. So, you know, where oh, it's yeah. a company that, yeah. you know, produced things in, in a sustainable fashion. And, and they've been around, they've been around since like the 1800s, which is right, crazy. Right. Yeah. No, but I, I think that that's, that's definitely a model that I'm, I'm interested in. And, um, that's a great idea. I think, I think it's needed because I, if you go to somebody's website, they, they can tell whatever story they want. But the right. proofs, the proofs in the pudding of either working with them or having some sort of interaction with them on a business level, and that's where I think the, I mean, you know, social media has a lot of pitfalls, but being so, being held socially accountable in the court of public opinion goes a hell of a lot further this day than it used to in the past. Because yeah. look at how fast that information got out there. That was the Colorado Sun is a small newspaper, and. I guarantee you they're like they're they're probably just overwhelmed by how much traffic they got on their site from writing that piece and I, I give a ton of credit to the to the uh, the writer the the person who actually drafted and published the article because I'm sure they were probably thinking heck man I might get they might come after me too it wouldn't wouldn't surprise wouldn't be I wouldn't be surprised with that right slander or something yeah like you know yeah. and and then and then a bunch of lawyering bullshit you know so so yeah it's um you know, it's, it's crazy, but, but I think that, that doing that is, 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 would be very positive. And also, you know, like, like we were saying, if we do it about the companies that are doing things the right way, that's a positive list. Instead of saying, right. these are the companies that are doing it bad. It's like, it's not, they don't, they're not even worth our time to even bring up right. and, and it'll be noticeable who's not on there. But, right. um, you know, going forward, I, I'm going to have an opportunity to get to meet a lot of different brands. Um, I had that great conference call with the 1% for the planet yesterday and, they're doing for the, for, for the 2020 calendar year, they're doing kind of a roadshow around the country and they're going to all these different areas and holding different, it's not, it's not, not necessarily a conference, but it's like kind of a, a like a workshop to come in and, and, and talk about what they do. And they, and they, they'd like to have somebody who's kind of involved, who is involved with the program and who is a member to, to come and, and speak about why they got involved. And so I was like, well, I used to do public speaking all the time. I'm comfortable with it. And I'd love to talk with people about how I got started because yeah. I didn't know, I didn't know what I was doing when I first got in the conservation world. I just started picking up trash, and then I started having these nonprofits call me and be like, "Are, are you the guy out there that's cleaning up everything?" And I'm like, "Yeah." And they're like, "Well, we actually we work in that area." I'm like, "Really? There's there's organizations that do that? I, I didn't even know that existed." And so I'll I'll have access now to 1,800 different companies and over 3,000 nonprofits that I'll be able to get in front of, and I want to talk with those companies and see what are they doing? Like, and how are they doing it? And, and, uh, it'll be great to hear it from people other than just them. You know, if there's that big network, they can say, yeah, we've worked with them. They're great. Or we work with them. And it's, you know, so, you know, we'll, we'll know who to feature and who not. Yeah. It's, um, yeah, that, that sounds like a really, really cool opportunity. And I, I mm-hmm. think that you'll learn a lot. Um, I'm really I, excited. Yeah. Well, anyway, I, I think we've had a, a pretty fruitful conversation on, yeah. on the topic. Um, and, and, and more to come. And I, yeah, I, I do like that. I like that idea of becoming advocates for companies that do it right. Yeah. You know, and, and you've, you've certainly won me over with your discussion about BioLite. Yeah, and, awesome. 
yeah, I think that, you know, the more that we can learn about, you know, it's like, you know, we individually have to take responsibility to know what, um, what we're buying, you know, what, yeah. who we're giving our money to. Exactly. And, because, it, you know, if you're supporting a company that is doing things behind the scenes that are not in line with their values, like that needs to, that needs to come to the forefront and, and, and supporting these small local shops, you know, they're, they're, they're just trying to put, they're just trying to put food on the table. Right. And they're, they're, they're not looking to shut down other companies that, that have been, been never heard of or don't, don't know of that may have some sort of likeness to theirs. You know, it, it'd be one thing if it was like, Galleon backcountry, or, or or not even Galleon backcountry, but just just like Galleon whatever, and then somebody took the name Galleon and started something else, and they have no relation to the last name. I, I would see like you know a reason there for hey, what are you doing using my name? Like that's fucked up. Right. But not but not a generalized term like what backcountry dot com did. I just I, I think that like we like I was saying, the death spiral has already begun. It's faster than I anticipated. If they're doing 70% off, they've seen a huge drop off in sales. I know that from a marketing standpoint, from a chief marketing officer standpoint, which I used to do. You know, when anything happens like that, it's basically fire sale and they're freaking the fuck out, which they should. Yeah. Well, I, but I'm I, passionate about it because I've been through the process and it fucking sucks. Yeah. Well, I know. I think that, that you're, you're an important voice. Um, I, I haven't been through that specific thing, but I'm, um, it's you know, being the, being being the lefty tree hugger that I am, you know, I'm 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 all about you know, peace, love, and kumbaya sessions and drum circles. You know, we <laughs> Nothing should, wrong with those, man. Yeah, we should we should just all hold hands and um, you know go the way of Star Trek. You know, get rid of money. Yep. And um, and uh, yeah, get get rid of capitalism. But it's, yeah, um, it's just crazy because like capitalism has brought us so many good things. Right. You know, it's like like really great innovation and. And I think it spurs that, but it's when when you interject human greed and the 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 flaws of human just tendencies or nature or whatever whatever you want to call it, just just the way humans are, it's like all it takes is a couple of bad seeds like that to set the ball set the uh, wheels in motion for the industries to change to where that behavior becomes part of the norm. And yeah, I think that's what, I think that's what we've seen with the capitalist system over the last I'd say twenty to thirty years. Like once Wall Street really got going. And the focus was more on money instead of people or product. And it's not hard to see that shift. And now we're seeing the result of that greed. And like you and I live so simply, you know, we don't consume much. We, and, and, it's, and, it, and it's easy to do. And it's actually, I think it's less stressful than when you have a bunch of crap that you have to maintain. Oh, I totally agree. And, and, and it's like, you know, I have all I need. And, and people message me all the time. Well, why don't you get another truck that's a longer bed? I'm like, because I'm not going to spend $30,000 on another foot. Like, this doesn't make any sense. You know, I have a, I have a slide out extension that costs three hundred bucks. I have two extra feet, and it's it's comfortable. Like I don't like why. I mean, but yeah. that's the I feel like that's the American marketing machine that tells people always buy something new, get a new car every two years. If that doesn't fit you perfectly, you need to buy something else. And it's just all that does is handcuff people and put them in in the imprisonment of the golden handcuffs for debt. And right, and it's like if we could just take a step back from that and realize, you know, that like the live simply mantra. That caught on, not because it's just some neat marketing employee. It's because it actually does make sense, and it feeds the it feeds the person's soul in a way that buying stuff can't. I mean, I, I've been through I've been through it to where I've worked seven days a week. I had a job I worked seven days a week for two years, made a shit ton of money. I was buying stuff all the time, and I was miserable. Right now, I don't have near the resources 
I don't buy stuff unless I need it. I repair my clothes with sewing with a sewing kit, and I'm ha- I'm the happiest I've ever been. And I and I don't think that I need anything. I don't feel like I need anything. I actually feel like I have more than I need. I'm like, no, I don't need all this stuff. And I live in my right. I live in my truck. I, you know, in the summertime, you and I we both live in roughly thirty five to forty square feet. I know. I know. You know and awesome. I used yeah, and I used to have like a two thousand square foot two bedroom condo on the beach in California. It was packed full of shit I never used. Like, what what's the point? Yeah. So I don't know. It's like, you know, I've been on a fight club kick lately. I downloaded that so I could watch it in my topper and I just, I just <laughs> yeah, keep going back to think, yeah, the things you own end up owning you. And that's the, that is so fucking true. I remember hearing that when I saw it in college and I was like, it makes a lot of sense, you know? Yeah. And it always stuck with me. And now I'm living in my truck watching it 20 years later and just going, yeah, that's fucking right. <laughs> I know. No, it's, it's true. Yeah. Um, what was it? Uh, single size friend or sing, single friend size or something like what was that? there's that? so many good good sayings in there i know yeah it's, uh, it's, it's a great one yeah I, lo- I listened to a really interesting podcast with ed norton on uh he was on joe rogan just recently which was really good he talked about growing up in new york with like philip seymour and all those guys uh, all acting together mm, wow. and then about how he stays grounded about how he's able to stay grounded and all those things and it's just interesting to hear about somebody like that who could obviously go off the deep end with any sort of uh, materialistic thing he wanted to, and he chooses not to, and he chooses to keep himself. He chooses to spend his energy and his time on keeping himself in check. Right. And I wish more people would do it, and I wish companies would do that. That's that's yeah. that's the main downfall, I think, of America right now is these companies feel like they have all this power, and it's a bunch of guys that aren't and, – and, and gals that aren't challenged in life, so they don't have that – that their hard-coded DNA that we're, we all built in with to like, you know, resist challenges from apex predators, all those things back before 200 years ago when we all started getting real, real civilized with the Industrial Revolution and all that stuff. You know, th- those challenges aren't there anymore, so they seek out people to destroy, and that's horrible. And anybody that does that, in my mind, I just write them off. Yeah, yeah, man, so, I'm, I'm with you. Yeah. So anyway, I'm, with you. I'm done ranting. <laughs> All right. Well, let's wrap this one up and, um, and we'll, uh, I think we've got some, some ideas for our our next few shows. Oh yeah. I want to talk about that dating on the road. All right, cool, man. Uh, Hey, I'm going to, I'll, uh, I'll edit this since I, I'm not doing much. I know you're slammed. You got to get on the road. All right. Sounds good. I'm, I'm chilling today. So I'm going to head into Sedona, take care of a few things, come back and edit this and I'll get this posted up. Sweet, man. All right, dude. All right. Later. See ya.